Yemula, you're listening to Karakeramo Ivi, Karakeramo, the English version. Karakeramo is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and this is episode 7, part 3. Today we're talking about The Sweetest of Mango. It's a film from Antigua and Barbuda. It was directed by Howard Allen and it was released in 2001. It is in the archives in the Film Reference Library in Toronto. The Sweetest of Mango tells the story of lovely Anne, aka Love, who returns to settle down in Antigua after spending more than two decades in Canada. She has to get back into the group of things between the island life and her new job as a team manager. Fortunately, she can count on aspiring singer Richard, who works as a member of her team for now. The mango will serve as a link between the key moments of their romance. In the first Caribbean Connection, I explained how The Sweetest Mango is a great romantic comedy because the lead guy goes against the negative stereotypes Afro-Caribbean men deal with. For my second Caribbean connection, at first, I wanted to talk about the representation of young Afro-Caribbean women because the film gives diverse representations. There's lovely Anne, of course, the lead. There's her best friend Parker. There's Esther. There's Belle. And they're both the secretaries, assistants, uh, I'm not too sure. But I'll save this discussion for another day. There's another important theme in The Sweetest of Mango, which is the representation of the island life when you're from the diaspora. Your Caribbean island or country is a place you may leave for specific reasons, usually to lead a better life. And it's also a place that may be hard to return to for several reasons. And this is what we'll talk about in the second Caribbean Connection. The Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a film makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman, as an Afro-Caribbean woman, as a Guadeloupean woman and as a French woman. The first scene in the film is lovely Anne getting out of the airport and she's waiting for her friend Parker. And the entire first sequence is just them in Parker's car and they're catching up on their lives. And you'll see the green landscapes of Antigua. I'll try not to spoil it too much, okay? I'll try. Lovely Anne was born on the island and she immigrated to Canada with her parents when she was a child. And she said that she spent almost 20 years in Canada, but she was always asked where she was really from because people could hear her accent. And this is something I totally relate to because I still get it till the... Well, not that much anymore because I think in the past five years, I've really gotten better at making people understand that I will not say what they want to hear 
but I I remember when I was doing my master's degree and uh, whenever I, I would meet new people, they would go, oh, hey, hi, and where are you from? And I would say, I'm from the north of France. And they'll go, no, but really, where are you really from? And I used to say Guadeloupe because I knew that's the answer they were they were expecting to hear. And now I just don't. I just don't see why I should justify myself. But it is what it is. Moving on. So Parker is like, well, you know, you're going to have to lose your Canadian accent because people will make fun of you here. And Lovely Anne goes, you know, very with confidence. In a few months, she'll be living the typical anti-Gayan life. And to her, it's like she will be eating this, she will be drinking ginger beer, she will be walking around barefoot. She looked really happy when she described her life in Antigua in this moment. And I thought, hmm, is this really what it is? And then I realized that maybe to her, that's what life on Antigua is. Because she probably visited on her summer vacations. And that's all she experienced. You know, the food, uh, the drink, and just having fun. That's what brought her happiness back then. And clearly, her life in Toronto didn't bring her this kind of happiness. And in fact, her character development is around the realization that her expectations about the island were just a fantasy. Just because she was born on the island doesn't mean she doesn't need this time of adjustment. She needs to see the island with the good and the bad. And the moment of disillusion is a little bit dramatic, but you know, it's a warm come. You need a little drama here and there. I think you actually see that moment in uh, in the trailer. For Mitzi Allen, this homecoming theme wasn't that intentional. The plot of the film, like I said before, is based on her love story with Howard Allen. And she did come back to Antigua after spending many years in Canada, just like Lovely Anne did. This dilemma of returning to the island when you're in your 20s or early 30s is so common in the Caribbean. But everyone has their own way of approaching it. For us, meaning Guadeloupian people, uh, sometimes it's very specific to men. And you have an example in the film Neg Marron by Jean-Claude Barney, which I talk about in episode 6, so the previous episode, so if you haven't listened to it yet, you can go back. But there's this character named Pedro, and Pedro is back in Guadeloupe because he he did some illegal stuff in France, and he's trying to stay out of trouble. That's why he came back to Guadeloupe, not because he loves the island life and he wants to be there. And um, in The Sweetest Mango, from the very first sequence, Lovely Anne verbalizes the reason why she decided to return to the island. She never felt at home in Toronto, and she was constantly reminded that she was a foreigner. Keep in mind that this character is from Antigua, and 
this was shot in or maybe it was released in 2001 it was it was shot in 2000 and her fantasy life the way she described her life on the island is so similar to a scene in the film Omadiana. It's a film from Martinique directed by Constant Gros Dubois and it was released in France in 1979. I wonder if this vision of the of the island life is something very specific to young people in the diaspora who didn't experience growing up on the island. Going back home as a young adult and going back for your retirement is different. And really the fact that this film, Omadiana, was released in 1979 and like 20 years later, you still hear the same discourse. It's not even in the same language. That just blew my mind. Anyway, Lovely Anne briefly explains why her parents ended up in Toronto and although her reality isn't the reality of every case of immigration, I think it's good that the film didn't pretend that her parents left the island just for the fun of it. The reasons for leaving the island and coming back are too often ignored. And from the very first minutes of the film, we know why Lovely Anne decided to come back. And this kind of detail adds to the Caribbean specificity and authenticity of the story. This authentic Caribbean life can be seen also through the representation of the lifestyle, and especially with the young adult characters. For example, there's a nightclub scene. Okay, I love club scenes. I just do. I love dancing. I love music. So I love club scenes in films. And by the way, in Love Jones, Nina and Darius go to a reggae club on their first date. So the music they dance to is from the Caribbean. And usually in black films from the US, they would use Caribbean music for their dance scenes. You know, Caribbean music everywhere. Hashtags from Caribbean. Anyway, in The Sweetest of Mango, I was a bit intrigued because... The music you hear in the club scene isn't dancehall. And if it had been in Guadeloupe, I think the the music would have been either dancehall or Creole hip-hop. Because at that time, that was going mainstream. And also in the US, dancehall was everywhere. So I was surprised to hear soca. I was pleasantly surprised to hear soca. And so I, I did some research and I realized that Antigua and Barbuda also have a soca and a calypso scene. So yeah, that's great. I, I'm going to talk about soca in my episode 11 with Bazudi. And I already talk about soca in episode 3 with um, No Soca No Life. So yeah, we're talking a lot about soca in this podcast. <laughs> And I'm not even that much of a fan of Soka. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, back to The Sweetest Mango and the music. You have also emblematic artists of the island who make a cameo in the film. You have, again, I'm sorry for the names. I don't know how to pronounce them. 
Benkers, who plays a friend of Richard. And there's another scene, I think you see it too in the trailer. And it's Aubrey Lacou Samuel, who, from what I see, from what I understand, is a famous steel punk player. The Giselle Isaac, the screenwriter, told me in her interview that the goal for them was to show the culture, values, personalities, and physical beauty of Antigua and Barbuda. The Sweetest Mango is also a testimony to the music created on the island. And even the club name sounds so Caribbean. It sounds so authentic. Okay, I just stopped with the club scene because I'm going to talk about some memories of my clubbing days and you don't want to hear that. You have the club, the music, uh, you have a scene on the beach, you have the food. These are great elements to create the sense of authenticity. But nothing would be more Caribbean than family. For budget reasons, the cast was kept at a minimum. We don't see lovely aunt's parents in Toronto. However, there's the scene of the weekly phone call to her mom. And at one point, Parker even tells lovely Anne that she's a big girl now and she doesn't have to tell her mom everything. So there's no need for her to call every day or every week. And when lovely Anne goes to see her godmother, Parker's mom, it's to give her back some Tupperwares and her godmother is all up in her business. And the godmother is like, Richard who? Which family? Where does he live? What does he do? And it's just so authentic. It would be exactly the same in Guadeloupe. First of all, the fact that lovely Anne brings back the Tupperwares just warms my heart because my parents did uh, the same nearly every weekend. Back in the day when we went to my grandmother's house for our Sunday soup and the way her grandmother investigates on Richard's background is something that can also happen in Guadeloupe. You give a name to people in their 50s and over and they're able to give you someone's entire family tree at least four generations back. This is one of the drawbacks of living on an island. But you see it in the film in a very organic way. It's always in the details. Like when lovely Anne meets Judah, he explains to her how the villa works and he tells her where the generator is in case of a power cut and where the water tank is in case of a water cut and I don't know about Antigua today but this is still a reality today for us in Guadeloupe and the situation is so so bad like really bad some schools had to close a couple of weeks ago because there was no water and okay let's stay in the positive vibe here So when you live in the Caribbean, the risk of a power cut or a water cut is real. And there's also the question of technology. You'll see it in the film too. And from a Western point of view, if you have a place where the the electricity and water can be cut off at any time and where the, um, the internet connection is bad, do you call it paradise? Everyone will have their own answer. For me, it's no. But 
it's still home. Now, does that mean that you cannot be happy living there? Again, everyone will have their answer. And that's the question I've been asking myself for about 15 years now. Is my happiness in Guadeloupe or is it somewhere else? What would define my happiness in Guadeloupe? Being with people I love and people who love me back. In The Sweetest of Mango, lovely Anne seems to have no biological family on the island. Yet what connects her to the island in the end isn't what she eats or what activity she does. It's the bounds she builds with people around her. If lovely Anne's character hadn't grown up on the island like Richard did, the story would have been different. But because we're in a Caribbean context, the expression back to the roots really takes on its full meaning. The sweetest of mango is much more than a rom-com. It's an ode to Antigua, its culture, its history and its people. Mitzi Allen told me there was supposed to be a musical to celebrate the 20th anniversary in 2021. So I don't know how it will turn out with the COVID-19 situation. What I truly hope is that the original song Be My Love, sung by Omar Mathurin, in the film will be available on streaming platforms because it has such an energetic vibe and it always brings me a smile. This episode of Caracaramon was even more special to me because I didn't know when I decided to post in February 2021, but the film was released in February 2001. It's really been 20 years. I'm glad I can carry this film in my heart for many, many other years. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to my newsletter. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Caro You can give me five stars on Apple Podcasts to give Caro more visibility. If you're still in the mood for love, and even if you're not, you can download my first ebook, Love More, for free. Let me know if you enjoy this episode. Next time, we'll talk about See You Yesterday by Stéphane Bristol. See you à dans d'autres soleils. Tiens, Béred.